So every Saturday night is movie night for our family. We do our Friday night. It just it's our time together to watch a film together. We eat. I let the kids eat in the living room because usually they're not allowed. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice time. But the main rule is mom and dad pick the film. That's good because then you actually want to watch it. Yes. But <laughs> the kids hate when I pick because I'm going through the classics. Like we've done Meet Me in St. Louis. We've done, well, we've done a whole host of musicals because I love musicals. But I decided since we're getting towards um, Halloween – I decided to do the classic Alfred Hitchcock film, Psycho. Oh, my. Are they ready for that? Oh, they were. <laughs> I had never seen it, by the way. They, I mean, Bella wants to watch It. Oh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what happens. And so I put it in. And, of course, it's black and white. And already it's like, oh, my God, it's going to be lame. It's black and white. Ooh, so I lame. I don't know why color makes things, like, enjoyable. It, like, doesn't. it doesn't. They just think because it's old, it's bad. So yeah. we're watching it. And they're a little bored in the beginning. Hitchcock really builds up the suspense. He really does. Like it's the the whole like stabbing sequence that occurs isn't it. until well, spoiler alert, it's only been around for like sixty years, but <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, it doesn't happen until like halfway through the film. Right. It's a lot of buildup of intention of what's happening. So they're there watching it and she goes to take the shower. Oh, first, I should mention this. Two of the kids have taken a shower before the movie started. Uh-oh. Anna has refused to take her shower until after the movie. Uh-oh. And I was like, fine. You know what? I'm not going to fight you tonight. Fine. We'll, we won't wait. We'll just watch the movie. So we watch it, and the shower sequence starts. Like, she gets in the shower, and Anna, like, slowly pulls her blankie up over her face because <laughs> she can feel something bad's about to happen. And then it happens, and they freak out, and then... Later on, when one of the other characters is killed, they freak out. And when they do the big reveal on the mom, they freak out. Like, And the music is so pointed that whenever yeah. you hear it, it becomes like a trigger. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's it's so good. that all, ee, 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 ee. Oh, You're completely. like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so after the movie's over, the kids are like, that was scary, Mom. That was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I told you. I said, by the way, Anna, it's shower time. <laughs> She's like, can I skip it? I'm like, oh, no. No, and that door's closed. You can't shower with the door open. She's like, Mom. And I said, nope, sorry. You wanted to take it after. So she took it. She was not happy about it, but she took it after the, the movie. And then I could just see Tony come in with like, you know. eh, 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 like. I want to change my ringtone to that. Oh, that's so, so cruel. <laughs> Bring them. So every time my ringtone goes off, it's a little. Eh, 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 eh. So they, they, they're they still talking about it. You should it. do it just for when Bella calls. I know. That's her special like ring ringtone. They're, they're freaked out. They're definitely, it was a scary movie. Bella got far more scared than she thought she was going to be. And Bobby and I talked about this. We said, the movies you want to watch are just gory films or slasher films. Which a lot of people argue Psycho is the very first slasher film because it, it was so like gratuitous. It's the first time you really see the blood and everything in a film. Yeah. So it's called often like the very first mainstream slasher film. I think there were some, you know, gore house films running around. So, but I, it's really more a psychological film. Oh, completely. It's just that it's suspense. I mean, it is scary because of what it is, not because of a head fell off. And Anthony Perkins, who plays Norman Bates in it, 
he just comes off as this awkward guy. He seems really sweet. He, you know, he seems like he can't hurt a fly, which is why when the reveal happens, it's so upsetting and shocking. Bobby says, oh, wait, he ends up being the mom or something? Yeah, he, he wears, like the mom died and he wasn't, he couldn't deal with it. So he dug the mom's body up out of the grave and just kept it in the house, like mummified. And he would dress up as the mom to talk to him. And he would go back and forth between these conversations. So okay. Yeah. So he's mentally, you know, unstable. not uh, unstable. So Bobby started watching the new Psycho. Like it was released, was it in the 90s? I don't remember, but it stars Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. Really? Yeah, and I can't remember who directed it, some famous director. But I remember I was told it was an almost shot-for-shot remake, just modernized a little bit. And he's like, it's so bad. (laughs) Because if you know the original film, one, the surprise is there. He goes, but because it's Vince Vaughn, he's playing the role super creepy to begin with. Okay. And that totally kills the suspense of who it could be. No, because you have to like the guy. You have to be like, yeah, you have oh, to be like everyone's neighbor. Yeah, you have to be like, he's weird, but he's harmless, you know, because yeah. he's like into taxidermy with birds and stuff. And he, but he seems harmless. And if you come across as menacing the moment you see him, well, then what's the point? Yeah. You know, Steve Carell should have been Norman Bates if they wanted to do it, you know, like. Weird, awkward. That is who you should have cast if you wanted to make it. I love Steve Buscemi. But he comes across as a little creepy. He's always a creep, but you like him too. You always like him. I want to watch Con Air again. (laughs) So I highly recommend Psycho for your kids. Yeah, that'll be a while before Mike (laughs) can handle it. You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. So we moved in. Yay. I did not know how much anxiety I had at the old place. I don't feel my anxiety until sometimes it's gone or it's over the top. Like in the, when it's in the middle, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, this is just life. And I don't know if it's because I'm used to like living in stress <laughs> zones yeah. and like times in my life that I'm just like, this is what life is about. You just always think your kid's going to leave and you always <laughs> think that you're going to be, life is going to end at, any, at a phone call or a text. But we moved and it's like we're all calmer. Well, yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, for now. For now. We're, we're calmer for us. Yeah. We're not calmer to the outside world. We're still doing quite a bit. I mean, I think the positives and the anxiety that's gone is that you don't have neighbors anymore right below you. No. Uh, Lexi was, got really upset about something and started like stomping her feet. And mm-hmm. I was like, you can- oh, wait, you can. abuelo doesn't care abuelo can't hear your stomping of the feet so feel free stomp away (laughs) go do it girl so it was good yeah and i only have me judging me yeah like there's no one else judging me although my sister-in-law was like oh your kids are judging you too and i was like (laughs) thanks but really it's nice it's nice not like jackson ran away from me after getting out of the bath and he was naked and he ran outside and i'm Mm -hmm. like who cares there's fences. You're allowed yeah. to be outside in the backyard naked if you wanted to. I was mad because he just got out of the bath, so then he just got dirty again, but <laughs> oh well. And the guy takes so many baths. He loves yeah. the bath there. We have an old lady bathtub. Oh, nice. And so it fills up all the way to his like neck, <laughs> and he just like dips and tends to swim. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> it's good stuff, though. It's really good stuff. I'm really happy. It took 12 hours to move. Yeah. And it did not cost me $800. Oh, I'm sure not with all your stuff. 
Just $2,000. But you have like a jungle gym in your living room. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> we did take it apart. We just had so many boxes and so yeah. many, I mean, five mattresses. And like, it's just yeah, I mean, a lot it's of a stuff. Family. Although all those people were like, you have a lot of stuff. And then I went to thank each, uh, you know, each of them individually. Yeah. I was like, thank you very much. I appreciate what you did for us. And, and I go, I know I have a lot of stuff. And this one guy goes, yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you moved every single one of those boxes. But the crazy thing that happened was within 72 hours of getting the keys, Zandy broke her arm. Ugh. She holds the title of the first crouch to break a bone. Wow. Yeah, so now that's fun. But at least it's in our new house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I feel like that's some kind of like a breaking the bad spirits superstition or something like because she broke her bone it will only be good fortune from now on we got yeah maybe all the bad crap out of the way christened the house like we are good for go nothing but greatness after this i mean i remember bobby's family telling me when you break a plate in your house you go just like kind of the greeks but the romanians do it too but they're like it's a good sign it means that you're breaking some of the evil spirits so only good can come in i'm like that's a really good way to flip a really shitty thing that just happened. <laughs> yeah. My mom used to say that when you dropped uh, spoons or forks or knives, mm-hmm. women's company was coming over. Ah. So I took it literally when I was like eight years old and started throwing things on the floor. And they're like, what? I was like, I want a play date. <laughs> like, Come on. Do you hide your stress in a weird way? Like, do you realize when you're stressed? Uh, I don't. I think I realize it by having stomach issues. Like all of a sudden, like I've been having some issues lately. Which I think um, is probably me being intolerant to gluten in the end, which is going to suck. Because I eat a lot of cake and cookies, and I really enjoy them. They're good stuff. Probably going to end up losing a lot of weight if I'm gluten intolerant. But Yeah, people always ask me why I'm thin. I'm like, I can't eat sugar. Yeah. I mean, I can't eat the cookies and the donuts and all that stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to lose weight, but I'm not going to like it. <laughs> not at all. Are you really thinking it is a gluten? I don't know. It seems to be. I, I have some, you know, you don't want to say you have an autoimmune disorder. Why not? I don't know. People think that means something greater. But the way it was explained to me is basically my body hates itself. Um, like allergies are part of an autoimmune, like having an autoimmune disorder. It means your body can't produce the proper immunities yeah. so you don't have allergies. And histamines. And then, you know, my body's like every five years something new happens. So when I was 30, I became lactose intolerant. Um, about when we got the kids, I found out I had dermatographia, which is the skin writing condition where if you scratch me, it becomes inflamed and it itches because my body doesn't produce the right enzymes to fight a scratch in the right way. And then that dermatographia transitioned into other forms of it where if I eat like ice cream or something cold, my mouth will actually swell up. That's so sad. That's the one that makes me miss. Yeah. And then, uh, the stuff on my arm, if I have like even not even heavy bags. I was just carrying my fanny pack on my arm and where the strap was was like two bruise marks that lasted for a couple hours. Really? Like dark lines where it looked like I cut myself and I'm like, it's I'm not cutting. It's just my fanny pack. So I have So are you not gonna carry things on your arms anymore? No, I still do. It just looks terrible. Like my kids like will freak out because I'll see like if I bring a whole bunch of heavy groceries in at one time. Well, and you know me, like I'm yeah. like one trip only. So you yeah, carry like yeah, yeah. fifty at a time you're carrying it all in but that weight of that pressure from just going from my car with the weight of everything to my kitchen which isn't that far um ends up leaving marks on my arm for a few hours 
And then I'm allergic to my sweat. I, you know, Boy. get hives. So I kind of assume Your body does hate you. It does. And when I, the dermatographia popped up, the doctor at the time said, she's like, you're going to start noticing sensitivities to other things. Like it's going to, you're going to get more and more. So for a couple weeks, I've, I had what I thought was the flu, but I'm like, I don't feel lethargic. I don't have a fever, but food is passing right through me. Like nothing's mm -hmm. sticking. It's not good. Well, that was your diet plan for the milk. So <laughs> maybe this is not so bad for the. Yeah. So I eventually went to the doctor and the doctor's like, you need to go on the brat diet. And brats, bananas, rice, rice applesauce and, and toast. toast. And I noticed that when I had the toast, I was still having issues. How do you stay full? You, you don't. You're just miserable. I only had to do it for five days until it cleared up. She's like, once everything starts to stick, but that's the thing I noticed. Things weren't really sticking anytime I had the toast. So I so, had the bra diet. Uh, the bra. <laughs> I just did the bra. And now I have to go into elimination diet. So that's what I'm starting. So then, wait, if you're only eating bananas, rice, and applesauce. No, I can go off of that now because things have solidified enough. It's not where we want it to be. Why don't you just start adding things instead of eliminating things? Like, Well, because elimination diet is like you can eat fruits, not citrus, though. You can eat most green leafy vegetables. I don't think you can eat tomatoes. Like, There's things that you can and can't eat, but you can eat a lot more than on the brat diet. Okay. So, And then you spend a few weeks eating that way, and then you add, you slowly start adding items back. I've so done do this you, before for you, dairy, and that's where I found out. Like, So do you add an item back after like a week? I think of, it's – I think – the way that it, they want me to do it is I have to do 24 days of the strict portion. Okay. Something like that. I don't remember. She, I have to check the email. But I have to do the strict portion for a while just to kind of clear out my system. So the things that most people are now allergic to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's going to be vegan. <laughs> my stupid body wants me to be vegan. And I really uh, – but not even vegan because vegans eat a lot of gluten. So if I end up being gluten intolerant, I'm not going to be able to eat most vegan food. But um, oh, that's like the fake processed meat. Which so, is not good. I, no. I can't imagine that being good for you. How much food is... It's processed. A tofurkey, yeah. nothing looks like a turkey, but a turkey. Yeah. You know? Like, it's processed so much and that it's, like, kind of I probably believe, not good. I have to go look back at what she said. I believe I can eat, like, certain fish and turkey and chicken to start. Okay. So, like, I can still have some meats and everything, but very lean cuts. That makes and sense. not high in mercury or something. So then I have to do that for like 24 days or like three weeks or something like that. And then the next week I add in the first items. So I can skip the dairy portion because I already know where that's going to go. Yeah. And I can go right into, um, I think it's like red meats. I'm so then it has groups of food that you can add in. Yeah. And, and then, then you keep adding in until mm -hmm. you find a flare up and then yeah. that flare up. And then you can kind of pin, then you go away from the flare up. I remember when I did this before, like when I did the dairy, I did the dairy then you're supposed to wait 24 hours. And it was not 24 hours that it took for the dairy to take notice. But you're supposed to wait 24 hours before you have it again just to see, like, if there's a reaction. And there was a reaction. So then you're supposed to wait a little bit longer and then do it again. And, like, every time I did the dairy, it was like, blah, 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 your stomach. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, this is what it is. And uh, the doctor's like, yeah, you're Asian. You're probably lactose intolerant. Asians are lactose intolerant? Yeah, it's like 90% or something are lactose I'm intolerant. I'm pretty sure Mexicans are not because <laughs> we put cheese in yeah. everything. So it's just a nightmare. It's a nice nightmare to have. And, and how – so why I think I'm stressed is 
that's one of the things that definitely gets affected when I'm stressed is I get stomach issues. Mm. And that's how I knew well, I'm not really stressed about anything right now. Like, why am I getting stomach issues, which is why I ended up going to the doctor. I give myself headaches when I get stressed. Mm. That's what I do. Yeah. But then I just realized this with moving that I probably live in an area of stress, like a level of stress yeah. that's not healthy or normal that I'm not aware of. Yeah. Because it's just I, with fostering and then mm-hmm. adopting and having a special needs kid, it's like my life is just stressful. So it's like I got yeah. used to it. I think, I think because a lot of bad things happened when I was in my senior year of high school that I managed to cut through stress and kind of get very zen about it and this idea of, you know what, it's not going to be this bad in six months. Even if it is that bad, I'm going to tell myself, in six months it's going to be fine. I just got to get through it now and then it'll be fine. And I kind of always put an end date in the future. Though my therapist said that's not always good. She's like, sometimes you have to deal with the stress today. And you have to, you know, you have to figure out when it's, a stress you can move on and when it's a stress you can deal with today. There's probably some good like flags to realize if this mm-hmm. is something that's going to be happening continuously past six months, like having a special needs kid. Yeah. You can't, I can't exactly put an end date to yeah. Jackson not having brain damage. No. You know? So that's probably a stress that I need to work through today versus like finals week. Okay. Yeah. This is a stress that's only going to last for a week. Yeah. You know? The other sign I have that I'm stressed is, I will wake up at four, like basically 4.35, almost like clockwork. And it mm-hmm. only varies by a matter of a few minutes, which is the time the Northridge earthquake hit. And ever since I was a kid, and there's always a dream tied to it about my house that we lost. So if I have a dream wow. about the house and I wake up at about 4.35, I know I'm like, oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressed about something. Because that's, that's the stress symbol in my dreams is that house. That house and mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. That's so, intriguing. Yeah. The, the therapist says I have PTSD, and that's why it happens. Well, that makes sense. You probably have yeah. PTSD for lots of different things. I do, probably. But she said, actually, the earthquake, she's like, if you were you lived in Northridge during the Northridge earthquake, it was a very, and we talked through what happened and the week afterwards, and she's like, you probably, because you were like 13 at the time, probably have PTSD from that. That was a severely traumatic experience for you we've never talked about this no i didn't didn't know oh you didn't know i lived in through the oh yeah and that was like a major yeah six point well i think it's 6.7 they were like scaling it down you know there's a whole like conspiracy theory about that right no is that people think it was actually over a seven but if they said it was a seven then like uh they would have fema would have had to pay more money out so they scaled it back no. to like a 6.7. That's the conspiracy theory. Oh, I was automatically thinking that the government did it. I was like, no. how did the government cause no. an earthquake? I mean, yeah. there's definitely theories of governments doing some insane yeah. stuff. But yeah, it was a crazy. It was seemed like it would be one of them. What's funny is I wasn't at my house when that earthquake hit. But you lost your house. Well, we lost the house due to my parents going bankrupt. Oh. But um. So your parents, how did your, how was... Huh. So I was not home. I was at my great aunt's house who was about three miles away from my right. house. And I was supposed to go to Girl Scout camp that weekend, which is totally terrifying. I could not imagine how awful that would have been if I had been at camp and then the earthquake hits. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> how am I going to get home? 
you know, and the panic that everything said. There's no cell phones at this time. We don't have cell phones. Oh, no. Like, I I mean, they wouldn't have worked anyway if you did yeah. have cell phones because so many people would be on it. Yeah. So Chris and I have a plan for that because if everyone's calling 818, yeah. you know, 323s, all these numbers here, yeah. those cell phone towers are going to be taken up. Mm-hmm. So instead, we call Chris's mom, which is a 210 number. Mm. That way, those cell towers. So we're both calling two one zeros, and she's our go between. Of she's the one who's supposed to gotcha. communicate between us. So that way, there's not as much crazy going on at that time. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I decided instead of going to Girl Scout camp, I went to my great aunt's house because I always hung out with her, and my great grandmother was alive at that time. She would have been. Wait, so you were supposed to be a Girl Scout camp, yeah? But you chose not to go because I had my period start. <laughs> And I was like, For the first time? No, 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 no. Oh. But it was during the heavy days. And I'm like, I don't want to be camping with my period flow. Oh, like, yeah. It, it, it was porta potties. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, it's too heavy. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay home and just ride out my period because, like, that's a smart thing to do. And then 4 35, like, we go regular night, regular day, go to bed. And I remember thinking, like I could hear my great aunt, like she slept on a trundle bed. Like she had a day bed that I would sleep on the day bed part when I stayed over. And she slept on the trundle that could pop out from underneath the day bed. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing her yelling my name and the bed shaking. And I thought I was oversleeping at first. And then I opened my eyes and I see her looking at me around the same level. And then her bed just collapses because it's a trundle and it's being yeah. shaken. And then I realized how violent the shaking is getting. Because it's not like a regular earthquake where it's kind of like shaky, 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 done. It was these rolling waves. Like it was a different type that they didn't even expect. Wow. And I remember sitting up suddenly and I'm all twisted in my bed sheets and watching uh, a power box, one of those boxes on power lines, like burst. And it burst and sparked and there was a tree right next to it. And watching the tree just like up oh in flames. Oh my goodness. Outside your window? Yeah. You could <gasps> see it. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? So we go to my great-grandmother, and she's uh, 96 at this point. Oh, my goodness. How old is your great-aunt? She, uh, I don't remember. This isn't Bidney. Bit- it is Bidney. Oh, Yeah, okay. she would have been in her 60s, I think, at that time. No, if, been, if Nona was 96, she would have probably been – well, she might have been in her 60s, late 60s, early 70s. So I remember, like, getting Nona out of bed, and Nona's like, did a truck hit the building? And Nona's blind and deaf. Like – <laughs> she's old and like having to walk her out of the hallway and the hallway's relatively clear because there was these long hallways and the the closet was like on this hallway and it was it had stayed closed and there's a few things that had fallen but then we walk out into the living room dining area and it's just like broken dishes everything is thrown about and it's crazy and you hear about kindness in these moments of like tragedy yeah and I remember somebody starting to pound on the door and we open it, and it's these young guys who live across the way. And they were so concerned about the two old ladies who live there oh. that they came running over. And they helped Nona down the stairs. They helped us. I remember one of them ran in and grabbed a pillowcase because we couldn't get to – here's the funny thing. Bidney would always put her shoes and her, um, her glasses next to the bed in case of an earthquake so she could grab them to go. But this was so violent, and the trundle bed collapsed. It collapsed on top of the shoes, and she couldn't get to them. So we just leave. Like, everything's – like, it's a hoarder house. That's kind of what it looks like with just things everywhere. And I get the cat, and I put him in a pillowcase. <laughs> That's all we had. We couldn't get to the his yeah. carrier. 
and we go downstairs and it's dark and we sit there for hours and then Bidney finally gets the car out of the garage and we sit in the car for did a while. Did the men just stay with you guys? They did, but then everybody had come out of this apartment complex at that time. Okay. And then one of the neighbors, a uh, young man, like I was just distraught because I didn't know where my parents were, like what was going on, what was happening. It was crazy. And he's like, I'll take her home. He's like, I'll drive really carefully. As soon as daybreak starts, I'll take her home because you don't want to drive with no lights going on in the yeah. middle of the city. So at daybreak comes a few hours later and he takes me home. And as we're driving, we pass Northridge Meadows, which is completely collapsed. That's the apartment complex is collapsed. And I see the apartment complex next door, um, which was the Reseda something where my friend lives. And it's like leaning on its side. Oh, my goodness. And like things are I'm, I'm getting worked up. I can imagine. And I get home and home is fine. And my parents run out of the car. And it was the only time my parents seemed happy to see me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, then you stop and you're able to start thinking. A little bit later in the day, Bidney came over with my great-grandmother and my house was in shambles as well. Like things were crazy. But we but all it was agreed. Standing. It was standing and it was a single story. It was the first floor. And because Nona was so old and it was hard for her to walk, we decided we were all going to stay there for a while and all okay. live in this one house. And then just funny stuff starts happening. Like, like we went to the mall. I remember walking to the mall, seeing that collapse and walking around the neighborhoods and seeing all these collapsed things. But then after the tragedy, kind of the funny starts. So I remember one night, my sister like woke me up. She's like, Heather, somebody broke into the house. I was like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Nobody broke into the house. She's like, no, somebody broke into the house, Heather. Something happened. And I'm like, no, I think you're crazy. Go to sleep. And then all of a sudden from the bathroom, this noise like, Brrr. and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and we're both like, mom, mom, mom. I don't know why we called for mom and not dad, but we're like, mom. She comes running in, we're like, there's somebody in the bathroom. And I don't know what we were thinking. There's these loud, like, brr, brr noises. And it turns out that probably me or her in our sleepy phase tried to turn the faucet on and couldn't turn it on because there's no water coming through. We're, we're out of water for like a week. But like, just went back to bed. We're like, oh, we couldn't turn the water on. Go back to bed. So air bubbles started to try to pull through the pipes. <laughs> and it was making these noises. I remember she told me when the earthquake happened, she ran because her bat her bedroom was connected to the bathroom. She ran through that door because it was the closest to her bed, but the top lid of the toilet had popped off and all this water had sloshed out. So she slipped and fell on her floor and she was lying on her back. And my dad comes running up and he's like, Why are you lying on the floor? Get up, it's an earthquake. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And so just crazy things would happen and like I remember when water finally turned on. We were so happy to have was water. It brown? Oh, I don't remember. I just remember it was cold, and it didn't matter because remember, I've now been on my period this whole time, <gasps> and we can't like we had a pool, so we would take buckets and like every two or three times people use the bathroom, you had to dump a bucket in and then flush the toilet. So it was this whole like at least we could flush it, but you didn't want to flush it a lot. And, like, having to keep clean during it was awful. Oh, especially with you who needs to be yeah. bathed every 24 hours. I think this, no, I think this is where it came from. Like, it honestly oh, was, like, complete sense. It was so traumatic that I was, like, ugh. Um, and that first night, I remember my parents had um, one of those zero freezers or whatever. Like, my mom would keep tons of meat and all this stuff and ice cream. And my dad's trying to get my sister and I to eat, like, two gallons worth of milk and ice cream sandwiches <laughs> and steaks. And we're like, we're done. <laughs> we can't do anymore. Like, that's it. And we had earthquake supplies. We had them, but they were in the garage. 
And the car, my, my parents didn't think about this. The car was parked like in front of the earthquake supplies. Like they were kind of the bumper. And then there were shelves above it. So when the earthquake happened, the shelves collapsed on top of the car and the earthquake supplies. And for whatever reason, we couldn't get the bypass to work on the garage door. So it was an electric garage door and we couldn't open it to pull the car out to get the supplies off. So they're all just sitting there like hanging out, having fun. Yeah, Chris and I talked about that too, about how the you have to have your supplies in a place where they're accessible Yeah, in a way. Accessible but out of the out of the way of your daily yeah. living, which yeah, is yeah. a hard place to find. It has to be, you it, know. It does. Like we have a fridge in the back garage, which is fine. Like nothing. If anything collapsed, it wouldn't really collapse on it or in mm-hmm. front of it. It's got space, but that keeps all of our earthquake supplies in the fridge. In the, just, in the fridge, even though is it on? Yeah, because we will often put other stuff in there, but we have enough in there that it'll be fine. It's mainly the waters because our pantry's full. Like yeah. we would be fine for anything else. It's mainly water that you want to be able to have on hand. Chris and I had talked about making a earthquake shed mm-hmm. kind of thing, yeah. a place where just all this stuff, is, it's out of the way, yeah. but it's outside the house so that it's like, but close enough to the house, you mm-hmm. know, that it, we could get it if we needed it or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy time. So that's probably where my cleaning thing came from is that. The PTSD of you wake up with a house story yeah. at 435, PTSD of you have to be clean. Yeah. And then just a lot of. I don't know. It was crazy. Like, I remember they were thinking about holding all of us students back for a year because we missed so much schools because all of our schools had to be approved for us to come back. And, and ours was pretty damaged. Like they put up these retaining wall structures in certain areas to keep ceilings from collapsing. And we didn't go back to school for like a, a full month or so after we were supposed to. Really? So they extended the school year slightly. And then I think we had like four minutes added to every classroom like class and then we're like that'll solve it all because i will definitely get a month's <laughs> worth of class yeah four minutes at a time so you know you survive it and you look back and you can kind of laugh because nothing bad happened to me my friend survived hers you remember that there were tragedies that happened all around and you get into a, a sense of calm and like everything's going to be fine so when you get stressed i think your body you know i was always told dreams are are really your body and your mind trying to to deal with situations in the best way it can. It's trying to process. So for me, it must be that my body's just trying to process this information and it's going to the one point where I was super stressed in my life. Yeah. And it's trying to analyze everything from there. That makes complete sense, actually. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm not that's why I knew I was stomach issues. Because I wasn't waking up at four thirty. It was a different time. I wasn't dreaming. I was like, this is bad. I was hoping it was stress. I was hoping it was the flu. I was like, maybe I got a tapeworm, but I don't think anything comes out with a tapeworm. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I got lucky, you know? <laughs> Tapeworms cause you to lose a lot of weight. But it turns out I'm probably just not going to be able to eat something I really enjoy. So you're, you make your family not do regular milk, right? No, they no, do. No, they do the almond kids, milk. I have almond milk, and they often have to resort to it because the kids go through regular milk so fast. Oh, I thought you didn't do regular milk for them. No, they can do it. They just have both, and I tell them to suck it up when it's almond milk. I'm like, just suck it up. I'm not going to okay, buy so a whole are you, jug. You're not going to make your kids like not have pasta no, and stuff? No, I mean, I think it's better if I can do a gluten-free pasta because I can enjoy it with them. But, like, I'm not going to cut out. I don't think those two things go together, gluten-free and pasta. <laughs> it's like, mm. You can get bean pastas that aren't so bad. And my, stuff made out of rice, but rice yeah. is gluten, isn't it? No, I don't think so. No. I think rice is grain. inherently. 
I don't know what gluten is. But it's is not really. the gluten in it. Um, I think the issue just stems to with kids. One, I don't want to deny them anything because I don't want to build up some weird thing in their head. And two, if you don't feed your kids stuff, when they get older, their body will naturally build an immunity against it and they won't want to eat it. I'm so and it'll glad be a problem. we have a yard now that the kids can eat dirt. Yeah. But they can play in it, yeah. eating it. Like we made a mud snowman. Yeah. I guess not a snowman. We made a mud man and whatnot. And like, yeah. I'm like, you need to get dirty. Yeah. Get dirty. Jackson, at least. The girls were homeless, so they got all their immune <laughs> systems really well. But Jackson's the one who gets sick all the time. And I'm like, it's because I didn't feed you dirt in your bottle. <laughs> yeah. So. So I just, I don't see a reason to punish them. Just oh, no, because that of, makes sense. You know, and that's why I said, like, they, they drink almond milk because... Often they go through theirs and they're like, I don't have any milk for cereal. I'm like, just use the almond. I don't like it. I'm like, well, then don't eat. Yeah, don't have cereal. Have a toast. And then they're like, I can eat the toast. You need the toast. (laughs) So I'm sure I will have, if it does end up being gluten, I'll have gluten-free options in the house for me. And I'll just make those. And it'll be fine. Like, it'll just be a little bit extra. You'll adapt and get normal again. And then in five, it's kind of nice that you know it's five years. So then around four and a half, you're going to be like, okay. Now it's peanut butter. You know? I hope it's not peanut butter. I'll pray against it being peanut butter if you love peanut butter that much. I I don't feel like I eat peanut butter that much. Bobby and I were in Hawaii and we tasted this peanut butter that was so amazing. It's coconut peanut butter. Coconut peanut butter? It means it's coconut oil instead of. No, it's coconut, like shredded coconut, dried shredded coconut, but not sugar. Does it taste like coconut? Yeah, it's like peanut butter with this really nice coconut after flavor to uh, it. I don't like coconut after flavor. Well, I don't like coconut flavor. We love it. And um, I was like, we got to figure out how to make it. And so we looked online. We found some recipes. And it's just peanuts and dried coconut. Really? And we put it in our Vitamix. No, and the thing Vitamix suffers. Because, you know, we, when you do nuts in your Vitamix, it's like, oh my God. Like it makes these horrible <laughs> noises. And then finally the stuff breaks down enough. And it's creamy. It lasts forever. The kids love it. it. How long does it last for? Oh, it lasts for like a year and a half. So like you, we keep eating it. Like it's, and it's, it doesn't, wait, the oil doesn't separate again. That's amazing. And so really? you never have to remix it. How much you, are you making that it lasts a year and a oh, half? Oh, a giant batch. It's giant. Because we just dig into it. Like, how like, much oh. peanut butter? How much Because when I eat my this? celery, I like to scoop out my peanut butter, my coconut peanut butter, put on there. So the thing I have to figure out now how to do, because I think it'd be an amazing combo, is I had spicy honey. Spicy honey? Yeah. And so this is really complicated and it's not easy, but basically you have to like bring honey up to a certain temperature and you put those red dried chili peppers, like the full one, in it and you cook it for a while and then you let it sit and then you strain out the chili peppers, but then the honey that's left is like spice. honey with a little spice to it. That would be good. And I'm that like, that sounds like a lot of work because if you overcook honey, yeah. then it's like you have. Yeah, you have. I a tried mess. to make honey po- lollipops once, <laughs> and the like by the fourth batch, it finally went. But the other batches, they're like, it tastes like a burnt flavor, and I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah, it burns really easily. Yeah, that's. And I had a little candy thermometer on it. Yeah, and I just it, I I didn't master it. The spicy honey is one of those things where I'm like, I might just want to buy this. That may be a buyer yeah. thing. Just like the movers were a mover thing. That you got to do it sometimes. On. Some things are worth spending money yeah. on. Movers definitely was worth spending money on, although it took 12 hours and I freaked out the whole time. Mm-hmm. But then Chris was like, it would have taken us three days and we'd have had no friends left. Yeah. Like no one would talk to us <laughs> after we made them move. That's really what it's about. So, it's... Comes, so we spent $2,000 so we could keep friends. Yes. So That's it worked important. out well. 
Um, what do you do when you get stressed? Like, is there like a go-to thing that you know, like self-care I eat, kind of thing? Obviously, like I don't know why you even asked me that question. I, I kind of know that if I'm really stressed <laughs> is when I I start eating ice cream daily mm. with alcohol. Yeah, but you're it's like a scoop at a time. It's a I'm sp- eating like a tub at a time. All right, let's just and then I'm crapping it all out like 30 minutes later. <laughs> you're like me though. Like you'd be like, nah, I'm not gonna keep it anyway. So it's not really getting to my yeah. head. So like, what's the point? Who cares if it's worth the? Because every now and then I'll be like, oh, that's worth the headache. I'll eat yeah. that because that's worth the headache. Yeah. Or if I already have a headache, I'm like, huh, I already have a headache. Might as well eat something fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a nightmare. But right now my my vice has been popcorn, which I don't think is gluten-free, so that might be an issue. I t- I train myself to stress eat popcorn. Yeah. Well, I don't stress eat like popcorn, just it. No, I'm like having caramel popcorn. Let's get real here. <laughs> I'm not fat because I'm making good life choices. I'm fat because I'm making really bad life choices. Which reminds me, I started telling the girls mm-hmm. after I drop them off, make good life choices. And then <laughs> she finally goes, oh, fine, mom. Like it was yeah. funny. But I, I keep telling them that all the aides and teachers like laugh. Yeah. I'm like, I love you. Make good life choices. Yeah. They hate. They, now I do that to Tony and Anna. I can't do it to Bella because she walks herself to school. But um, if I see her, I keep looking for her at PE. She keeps seeing me, but I don't see her. But I want to find her one day and just yell from the car, be like, make good life choices, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> like during PE. Especially if she's on a running day. I think that'd be really great because she'd hate it so much. Oh, the first, my first kiss. Mm-hmm. That reminded me of my first kiss because I was underneath. It was freshman year of high mm-hmm. school. I was underneath one of the, the buildings. That sounds weird to say. Yeah. That's where all the picnic tables were. Yeah, yeah. Eat outside. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, a little carport from the buildings above. Anyways, so I, I was there and my sister with all of the basketball teams mm-hmm. knew because Evie told her that I was down there with the boy. So she was the captain. So she yeah. had, she was in charge of like, so she's like, we're going to run around the, the school so that they could find me. <laughs> and so they started chanting my name. Oh, as no. I'm like, <laughs> had my first, I literally had my first kiss. And then all those like Patty, Patty, woo! And I'm like, okay, that was embarrassing. That didn't last long. It was only a week. And then he asked me if he could date my best friend and see if she was interested. In. I was like, you're a jerk. <laughs> but I got my first class. High schooler. I mean, I know, but still, yeah. I don't really have like a a a good thing that I do when I'm stressed. Like I need to find something that's like. I mean, I taught myself to stress eat popcorn instead, yeah. so that I can. Not feel guilty mm-hmm. about eating the other things because I feel like, oh, popcorn's fat free. I mean, I'm pretty sure one day they're gonna be like, your intestines can't handle this anymore. Yeah. Please stop. Just eat a lot of popcorn. But I need something like positive, like something that's like good for me. Yeah, like to kickboxing. Do. But I feel like the problem with uh, most stress things is you have to go somewhere. People no, are like, I need go relax here. Go blah 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 blah. And it's like, no, I need something that I can do without leaving any space. <laughs> Exactly. Like, and it's instant. Like, yeah. I know I'm stressed. I make popcorn and immediately I feel calm and I'm yeah. like, okay. And then I just eat the popcorn for the rest of the day. Like I yeah. seriously probably had like six, I had, I was going through a bowl of popcorn, not like a tiny bowl, like yeah. a big old batch of popcorn every day before the move. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just like, Oh, I don't know what to do. So I kept eating popcorn. I need something like that. Like can be done. Is yeah. like, I just got stressed out. Let me go do something. You know, yeah. I've been taking the hit of my weed stick a lot more. So <laughs> that's that's kind of helped. I don't do weed, so I got to wait. Got to wait till I find something. I don't know. Got to figure it out. I'm not so stressed right now, so I guess I'm not looking, but it'd be nice to find something. 
I I need to find something besides popcorn. I don't have popcorn now, and I'm stressed. Yeah. I hate so. driving, so I can't take a drive. That's what Chris does. When Chris yeah. and, especially Chris and Lexi, are like bumping mm-hmm. heads, he'll go in the Jeep, and they'll get a juice and just drive around. Mm-hmm. And they both get calm. And then usually at the end, by the end, like 15 minutes in, one of them will be saying, sorry, I was a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're good. And then Lexi normally always says, Dad, even though we bump heads a lot, we still love each other. <laughs> and then they know that they gotten over it or whatever. That's it's good. really kind of, they kind of got into that routine when they, or whatever. I mean, we have all these great self tips for kids. Like, you know, do your, do your roller coasters, do your breathing, blow in your cup of soup, you know, draw. But I don't, I'm like, I don't want to do any of that shit. That's for little kids. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm so willing to have the kids do any of their relaxation things. But I'm like, fuck y'all. I'm going to torch this place. I don't know. Well, and Lexi or Zandy was like, Mom, stop and breathe. Yeah. Stop and breathe. And I'm like, fuck you. You're the reason yeah. why I need to breathe. <laughs> like, How about oh. you breathe so I don't have to breathe so much? Uh, there was a mantra that we used to do. It was halt. No, that's what the hungry, angry, something, tired. What's the L stand for in halt? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. There's, yeah, but they'll tell me to do it. And I'm like, no way. You crazy? You're crazy. But yeah, I probably should start just doing theirs, especially Jackson. We've got him to stop and breathe every now and then. Oh, oh well. So that's what's going on here. That's good. Good for you. You're moved. You're happy. We're moved. We're happy. And now let's get even less stressed. Nice. <laughs> The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com.